Empire. Hello, and welcome to another live stream edition of the John Con Report. Do me a favor, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube later, if you're joining us right now, do me a favor, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us on, on YouTube as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. You know that by now, and I always appreciate everybody tuning in. And don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I hope to be joined in a minute by the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein. As we go over a lot of what we saw the other day, but we're not going to go do a deep dive on all the stuff that went. There are a few things I think we need to focus on right now. And Sam Howell is chief among them, because at this point, the defense is pretty much what it is. And I'll get Bram's thoughts on that later. But the defense is what it is, folks. It's I don't I don't see it getting a whole lot better because it just it's that's not where it's at. So I one of the things I wanted to do is to kind of focus on on Sam Howell, the sacks, why he's better in that area, and just some areas of growth in his game because that's what this season is becoming about. And there you can see Bram joining me right now. Bram, let's start off with Sam Howell. What were your impressions of him from the other day? Uh, Really clutch. You know, I think um, I've kind of landed on probably deserves a better record than he has. Um, you know, it's so funny. Like we talked about all these years, we've talked about like having a quarterback and you know, they're like one in three with a quarterback who has over 300 yards passing, you know, it's, I know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's insane. You know, that they lost after the comeback last week that they lost at the end of the Philadelphia game where he came back twice, you know, came back twice in this one, came back twice in that one. It's very clutch. And, um, you know, he had a couple of moments like the two leak out passes to Robinson, one for a touchdown, one for a big play in the second half that were just awesome i mean like the types of plays that elite level quarterbacks end up making so um you know i'm obviously very excited about what he's doing and the way that he personally is playing in general um you'd think their record would be a little different so i kind of feel for him because i think he's he's posted the types of performances that you typically win with you know it's funny you say it because that's one of the things i asked ron rivera on monday is if somebody laid out the scenario where you'd say hey, Sam Howell is doing this after 10 games, and he just hit a three-game stretch where he did this, what would you think the record would be? Because, you know, if you're at the start of the season, someone gives you that scenario, you're certainly not going to think that, oh, they're four and six, because going into the year, it was all about, well, if the offense can get to X point with the way the defense played last year, that you would think this would be a playoff team. And clearly, that is not where they're headed at this point. But, you know, I guess at least they have their guy. But, you know, it's, it's funny because you bring up those, the little, the little flick plays, as someone else on here, as Blaine pointed out, too, a flick play to Robinson. And a couple of things that really stood out to me is, one, the, you know, when the interior gives him good protection, he's allowed, he can step up into a gap, right? But he does such a good job keeping his eyes down the field. He did to kind of tuck the ball. And I think what, what's happening, too, Bram, is that, Teams obviously have to respect his ability to run because on that one and on the other one, guys are coming flying up at him because they know he's a danger when he's running the ball. But the ability to keep his eyes upfield and kind of throw off plat, he's, he uses not quite like Kyler Murray, but he he's a baseball player. He's a guy who could have played baseball in college. Yeah, You can tell like some of the throws he makes 
it's just a, it's a sidearm flick. And it's, you know, just like you're kind of throwing a ball over it. You throw a shortstop from the hole, throwing his second base. That's what he does. And, and I think it gives him, it allows him to be creative with that and make big plays off that. And you're right. Like the clutch gene is there for him. And what do you, what do you, what's in the fourth quarter when you watch him and you go back and watch him, what are, are there some things that stand out to you or is it just a continuation of what you see of him throughout the game? He is really calm. Um, the demeanor really shines through. Um, I saw this early in the year and I thought it was a really good sign that like here they are in this new offense and like clearly it's a work in progress. Clearly they're figuring out what they're good at. I think we, we could still have that conversation about are they figuring out what they're good at? And yet they were extremely effective and they were really organized in the red zone. And I took notice of that early in the season that he's someone who, you know, is not acting his leverage moments like someone who hasn't been there before or someone who's quote unquote learning on the job. So I really, you know, that was to me the first real sign sign because like you, I liked all the skill set stuff. I like how accurate he is. I like his demeanor. I like that in the summer, he's never stacking bad practices. And all of those things were like really good, you know, signs that he could be a pretty good player. And then you get to, but you get to the games and until you see them in the games and until they're put to the test, you don't know. And early in the season, when they needed it from him or in two minute drills, he was acting like he'd basically run this offense for three, four years. And that to me was a really, really, really good sign. And now in the fourth quarter, like all of these games, they're all close across the league. They're all close. And he's showing the affinity to make plays and, you know, over and over. I mean, the science game, which might've been one of his worst games, certainly one of the worst games for the offensive line, certainly one of the worst games for the offense, at least for a half. He took them down the field, and if Jahan Dotson doesn't drop a pass, I know it wasn't perfect, but he didn't drop a pass. They might have tied that game and gone to overtime. So he's he's really he feels kind of ahead of the curve, and that's the good news here. Things change. I don't want to go too you know I don't want to get too far ahead of anything, but the way he's playing this year, if there was such a thing as breakout player of the year in the NFL honors, he'd get it in my opinion. Um, because of the play of C.J. Stroud, I don't think he could get NFL Offensive Player of the Year. Um, or NFL MVP because of their record. But I do think there's an argument, you know, that he could be offensive player of the year if Stroud's numbers kind of come back to earth a little bit because he he is trending towards, hopefully this will happen, but he does have Dallas twice, Jets, 49ers. His numbers may change here with the defenses that they're playing at the end of the season. But if he keeps going the way he's going, he's going to be a top five passer. So he's having he's having as good a first full year as I think we could have imagined. But again, I want to slow the roll on all the he's this or that. And well, let's you just have an MVP and you have defenses that they're playing at the end of the year. Like, the, like this could revert back a little bit. But you want to slow it, but you just had him as MVP. You have him in Canton already. Not MVP, but like, <laughs> like right now, who's the offensive player of the year in the NFL? Name him. Is it CJ Stroud? Probably, right? He's offensive definitely player there. Here. AJ Brown. AJ Brown. Okay. AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill. Uh, AJ Brown, Tyree Kill, CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud's going to be the offensive rookie of the year, I think, and might I think be the Tyree, MVP, Yeah, Tyree Kill, which means he might be the offensive player of the year. And but Sam Howell is the number one passer in the NFL right now. Like he, he has to kind of be in this discussion. And if anyone's even paying attention to what they're doing, it goes back to look at how they're in all these games at the end of the games. Oh, like, listen, this kid is the reason. I mean, 
you know, it's because the, the defense has been, as we know, it's just been bad. And, and I just, it's, it's hard to see it improving enough to where you could take advantage of what how excuse me, has done on offense. And that's why I bring that up. And, you know, a couple of things that really stand out to me, Bram, is, and you brought up like the Giants game. He was horrible in the first half. He had a pretty good second half. They just didn't, they didn't convert, but, but he had a good second half. It's the way he responds is what always jumps out to me. And I love that about, I think that's just a terrific quality for him. And then, you know, um, I think this next stretch coming up will be pivotal for him. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to suddenly go from, I think this kid can be good to thinking, oh, he's not what I thought. But I just think it's how I'm, I'm as a, and for growth and development purposes, how does he handle facing the Giants a second time? They got after him great the first time, six sacks. How does he handle with that? I think that's a great, it's to me, it's such a good subplot for this. It's now the main plot for the season, but it's such a good thing to see is how does he handle that? And not just, not because they sacked him six times, it's how they were getting to him. It was the protection calls. It was Wink Martindale throwing everything at them. So what does he do? Then you have four days later, you have the Cowboys and Micah Parsons. Now it's not all on him to do it, but what I really like, Bram, is that he's, and I talked about this on the film review, is just how the other day there were a number, there were a couple of times where I felt like, okay, you probably could have held it here just a little bit longer to get to this guy. But what I like, it wasn't, it didn't result in a sack. It was a check down. And he's not like, he's not, what I really like is that he's had all these sacks. And we saw, if you remember, like the John Beck era of three games, he had the 10 sack game against Buffalo where he did it. The next game, he checked it down to Roy Hallou like 13 times because he didn't want to stand in the pocket. Sam Howell has not changed his play style. I just think he's gotten smarter about when to do things and, and checking it down a little bit more. And they've gotten smarter with him too. But I just I like the way he has improved his game and not let the sacks shake him. Yeah. I describe it as he got hazed in the first eight weeks of the season. Oh, that was a hazing like. Things changed. He, he, you know, again, there are some little things. There's a lot of little things like I wish he would go down a little more. I don't think he needs to take all the hits he takes. Um, so, but you know, all of these, you know, early signs are really good. And, you know, unfortunately their record is four and six. I, you know, I think if they can win this weekend, five and six, at least makes Thanksgiving very interesting because, you know, they could get themselves back into a conversation if they can go down there and upset the Cowboys. Um, I'm with you. It's not trending the right way. And I don't like their schedule down the stretch, especially the defenses that they're playing and the amount of teams that are likely playoff teams that they're playing down the stretch. But you never know. Like I watched Denver last night against Buffalo. I was very surprised um, at how much more competitive they are than what they were, you know, when we saw them back in week two. So, you know, things could change and, and I'd like still can. It does feel like yet again, though, they've had a missed opportunity. They could have won in Seattle, should have won in Seattle, in my opinion. Um, they did enough on offense for sure to win. Um, had they won one of those Eagles games, more likely the first one, the second one. But if they had won one of those, I think we'd be talking about a very different season. And the Giants game and the Bears games are obviously the major letdowns. The Giants game, a particular one, um, just based on how many people were missing from that game. And then this time around, I mean, I'm sorry, there's just kind of no excuse. Like the Giants are so beat up so marginalized on their roster, you know, I don't like to bring up spreads most of the time, but like, that's a big number for a team that's four and six. And it's for a reason it's, it's indicative of what 
you know, Vegas thinks of the other team. So, you know, there's kind of no excuse. It's a home game. And uh, let's see how they turn around this week. And hopefully, you know, hopefully Sam will stay upright. I'm with you. The pressure was the big problem early. Um, I do hope that the changes across the offensive line also help with the protections because that was a big part of the story back then was the um, the mistakes by the offensive line and picking up who they were supposed to pick up. It had Sam running for his life. And so, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully things are a little different this Sunday. Our favorite off-season sponsor is back to help you get a jumpstart on your holiday giving. The Adventure Park at Sandy Springs' biggest sale of the year starts November 17th. Save 30% or more on climbing and ziplining gift certificates, season passes, axe-throwing packages, and more. Purchases never expire. This holiday season, give the gift of adventure at the country's largest ropes course and zipline park located right here in Montgomery County, Maryland. Named Best Amusement Park in the DMV two years in a row, this is an opportunity you won't want to miss. The sale starts Friday, November 17th and runs until Christmas Day. The earlier you buy, the bigger the savings. The best deals won't last. Visit www.theadventurepark.com slash today to get early access to the biggest deals. Again, that's www.theadventurepark.com slash Yeah, and, and by the way, as I know, he, someone else pointed this out, that he faced the Eagles the second time, but he played well against the Eagles the first time too. And I'm talking about not so much as he had a good game or a bad game, it was handling the pressure. That's the key. The Giants do are just – the Eagles do not pressure teams the way the Giants do. Nobody does. So it's really about how do you handle the Wink Martindale package. And 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 so that's that's what it's about. It's not about facing a team for the second time. It's facing a certain style a second time where you gave them a lot of problems. And you're right. Like that was the big problem the last time was the protection calls. And and Howell can play a role in that, and he has. Like he, he definitely can help. But the center's got to be responsible for a lot of that. And there were just too many misses on that. And the funny thing is, Bramman, you know, Tyler Larson and Chris Paul have done a pretty good job. Yeah. I wouldn't say they've been great. I think, I think they're a little bit. It's considerably bit, better than what it was. I mean, oh, it's like. Yeah, they're it's strength. Nice about what it was. Right. Yeah. Their play strength is better. However, there were definitely times where, um, there were definitely times last week where those guys are having issues, but how makes up for it. And it's happened against New England too. That's what is good is that, but I do, where, where, when I, when they are stout, they are they really help that pocket because you'll see there's more gaps for how to maneuver when that happens. And I think that's a good thing. So they'll test him up the middle. And I think that's good for how because again, how do you respond and, and what what are you ready to see and how do you react? That that's why you said, I mean, I think you're right. Like this is not a game. If they lose this game at home, I don't even want to think about it. I, I just it's that. They've already had they've already had a couple of losses. You know, the Cleveland one last year late in the season was really, really hard. The Bears one was inexplicable to me off of, you know, the game that they had played in Philadelphia to come home against a team that had one in a calendar year and get run off the field like that was inexplicable to me. The Giants one was very tough, but I'll at least chalk up. That's a division team on the road. We have a lot of trouble with them in general. Um, I use we loosely. Sorry, I forget. You know, I don't play sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, but if they somehow do not win this weekend, I, I will be 
very surprised and will be it'll be very 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 disappointing because the giants have every like reason to not win much the rest of the year and this should this should be a win for washington but you know who knows the way things are going this year yeah and that that's right and that's the problem and it's funny because this is going to be a season where there's a lot of what ifs they're going to look back and and you know was it a, is it a play here it's a play there and i know like there's there's always complaints about officials like no if you're good teams in the long run overcome all that stuff when you're you know when you're living in great calls i thought i mean i thought the forbes thing was ridiculous and i thought the the pi call on st juice on the drive that before the the touchdown drive on the fourth and five I, i didn't like that pi call oh he was all over him that ball was uncatchable. The, because he was all over him. The ball was uncatchable. The no, ball was I, that was that was a definite PI. I would disagree. Yeah, on I will agree to disagree. I thought the yeah. Forbes thing too, and it was early, but I thought the Forbes thing was ridiculous. Honestly, I didn't think it warranted an ejection. I would agree with that. I mean, you got to get. He had to get a flag. I mean, obviously, yeah. no, I agree. Like that one, I agree with. Nothing malicious about that. It was crazy. I thought that was crazy when but, they threw. But Saint, I will say, Saint Juice was all. He was draped on him. This, this is so. Here's one thing that bothers me with that play. And you know, we asked, we talked. I, Ron Rivera, brought it up on Monday, and he felt that that Metcalf was jostling with him. It's like you go back and watch the case, and that was it to me. It's a clear pi. And what, so, what's the coach? But St. Juice has a habit of getting up high on guys with and grabbing. When you do that in the open field, yeah. it's going to be a pi. And and that's like the lesson there is. Get your hands a little bit lower and get just get a reach around. I also think on that one, it's what happened too is he got caught a little bit on the route, and it's I don't blame him because he's playing for like a seven route um, or whatever you know corner route, and they had and I actually like this as a play call. Effie Obata dropped into the slant lane, but Geno Smith kind of paused and then and then Metcalf cuts across. It's a nice job by him, but I actually like the defensive play call there. But yes, I would I would heartily disagree on, on the PI. But having said that, I, I don't even want to get into discussion of that because it's irrelevant. Good teams overcome calls over the course of a season, and when you need to get every call, because there were a couple calls. I just saw one earlier where James Smith Williams like could have been called for roughing the passer penalty after a play, and and it was on a I think on a scramble or something like that, and, and you know, but wasn't. So it happens, but. You know the the problem that I have with this defense, they just don't stop people, and they don't they don't play with good details, and they don't you know they give up too many big plays every week, and some weeks when they don't give up big plays, the big plays were there, they just weren't found or or hit. So you know, and I don't know, like, do you have any reason to believe or hope that that's going to change for them over the next seven weeks? What just overall defense? Yeah, the overall defense. I'd like to be open minded. Um, I don't think they generate a pass rush. Like, so that's the hard part here. And it's really, it's the story of the season to me, like that they, they have not been able to generate a consistent pass rush. Um, the stars in the interior. Um, I thought actually Allen had a better game this past week than he has in recent weeks, but you know, just go look at their numbers. Um, it's just not happening. They're not as disruptive as they have been. Um, and on the edge, you know, they're not able, when they bring four, they're very, it's unusual for them to get a consistent pass rush. There's moments, but there's, it's very unusual for them to get a consistent pass rush. I actually thought in general for about 
geez, like the first half into the early part of the third quarter before the big play to Walker that really was a slip by Danny Johnson and a bad tackle. I actually thought the defense played okay. I mean, you're going to give up plays to that team. They were stopping him in the red zone until that. You're stopping him in the red zone. You're you're not going to shut a team like that down. Like I would argue outside of the Eagles that that's the best collection of skill position people that they played, you know, this year, you know, altogether, maybe not the best quarterback, but the best skill position, those three receivers, that's tough cover. Um, those running back, that's tough. That's tough ass. You see how fast and shifty Walker is. I mean, that's a really tough. Like, that's a very good collection of skill positions. You were a big Walker fan coming out of the draft too, if I remember. Yes, big Walker fan coming out of the draft. Um, I yeah, DK is a is a monster. Um, Lockett is a pros pro. Like, that's a very like very very tough team to cover. And their third best receiver is a first round pick. Like, like that's a very that's a very 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 tough team to deal with. I thought that going in. And because of the propensity to give up all the big plays, I was worried that they would get hit with a number of them. And really, honestly, when you rewatch, if you go through the first half into the early parts of the second half before the Walker play, was, which was just an unfortunate slip by Johnson on a very slick field and then a bad tackle, you know, by, by Percy Butler turns into a big play. Like, I actually thought the defense played relatively well. Like, they're going to give up some yards or give up some plays, but they didn't. They weren't getting hurt. They played better situationally, third down in red zone. Yes. And then it, it has, it has, you know, here it spiraled a little bit and late in the game, which was very disappointing was all the penalties like late on the defense, all those penalties really, really hurt them. And the other bottom line is too, they just can't consistently get a pass rush, especially when they only bring four. And you know, that to me is the story of the season. Like, like, I expected better. I think they have a lot of team speed. I thought their front four would control the line of scrimmage more than they have, and they haven't. And if you go watch in the second half too, especially against Seattle, they were they were getting gashed on the ground game. You know, the attrition of the of the game had started to wear on them. The holes were getting wider. The pockets were getting cleaner, and it was just a matter of time before Seattle hit some plays and started to score some points. So it was it was it was tough to watch, but. Will it get better? Um, I mean, I don't see how it can't this week, just based on the opponent. Well, yeah, this, this is a get you healthy. Know. You should be. You should be. And then I guess we'll see against Dallas because, you know, that's a really, really good offense. <laughs> so I guess we'll find out when we play them on Thanksgiving. Listen, and can, you know, I guess, well, by the way, just to clarify, on the fourth and five, I didn't say that he was expecting a seven-yard route. I said he was expecting a seven route, which is a corner route. So there's a difference, and he was playing that way, and that's why F.A. Obata was dropping the slant into the slant lane. So they had both. Those are the two couple routes you're going to run from that from the alignment that Metcalf had. Those that's what you're looking to run, and so that's what he was expecting. You could tell by his leverage, but he also knew they did a guy inside to guard against the slant, so he could. But the other the other thing, Graham, too, is the is the whole the offensive mix. Right, and I'm going to ask you. I'm going to say. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you okay with it? But I'm going to clarify one thing because I know, like, there's a lot of, you know, they need to run the ball more. Blah blah blah. I think they could run the ball a little bit more. I'd like to see them run it better. But I go back to training camp, and I'm curious what you think on this too. If you remember, like in the spring and the summer, they barely worked on the run game for a long time. And so, are you? Is there any surprise by you at all? that they're really not a very, not just a heavy run team, but a, a team that doesn't run the ball better? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. 
uh, I've now come to terms with this is who they are. You know, yeah, I keep, exactly. I've been screaming into the wind like they need to run the ball more, and then they just don't do it. Even, I mean, go look at. I, I will say this though, like I, I think we have a little short term memory here. They started a lot of drives this last game running the ball, like more so than they have recently. If you go back and watch, they actually started more drives running the ball than you you would think, and you, you may remember. Um, they did, but was, they were, did have success, so that's the problem. There was like they didn't have success with it. Yeah. Uh, they only really had success with that one drive in the second half late when they ran it four straight times and had a couple of nice runs. One was a was best run of the day was was an opening drive run with Robinson. They backed it up with another long Robinson run that was really a good effort run by him. Um, and, you know, I do think I saw someone right in the, you know, in the chat that, you know, they think Antonio Gibson has come around. So do I. Like, I, think I was going to ask you about him, too, for that much reason. More impactful player here in a lot of different ways you know over the last Agreed. couple of weeks maybe getting past the trade deadline woke him up a little bit and allowed him to kind of get comfortable again um but Contract should they run it more that's I, like yeah i think so like i like the idea of robinson getting more carries because i think he's the type of player that will get better as the game goes on and it's the type of player a defense doesn't want to see when they're grinding things out but it's just not who they are this no. is not what they're going to be i think the biggest surprise to me this year with that is is it a surprise if you follow the Chiefs that Eric Bietemi would come here and be more of a pass forward offense? No, it shouldn't be. No. Would I have expected, you know, 70 30 at times or 65 35? No, I wouldn't have expected that either. I would have thought it would have been a little closer, but 60 40 wouldn't overly surprise me. I think the part that's interesting about it is we know, you know, because Rivera has publicly talked about in the past when he wanted the team to run the ball more because you can just feel the old school seeping out of him to be a more physical team to do that when he feels it's necessary to do so. He publicly did it to Scott Turner multiple times in the past. He he will not do it here. He just nope. he, he won't. He is standing behind the enemy and whatever the enemy says goes and they're building this offense this way um, at the same time. You know, Sam Howell's development and Sam Howell's numbers speak for themselves. You know, their offense is middle of the pack now. They are scoring at a higher clip than they were a year ago. Like, all those things are better. It is the first go around with everybody together. I want to be fair to everyone and let them learn each other. And But, you know, there is a part of me that goes, I would like to see them run the ball a little bit more. But to your point, oftentimes when they do start drives with it, it's not overly effective. It's just that I think, like, sometimes they just get away from it. Like it's a run didn't work. Okay, fine. Let's throw five passes. And there are other times like on second and a half yard, third and one, fourth and one late in the game, they're not running the ball for that. So it kind of tells you how they feel about their run game as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, by the way, and I just, I'm looking it up right now in time of possession for the season, they're 12th. So they're averaging over 30 minutes a game time of possession, which, you know, is, is pretty good. So, um, I don't know. Um, that's a good thing. And so that's, that's what you want. You want to control the ball. Right. And, and they, they have been doing that. So I think that's a good thing for them. But I think the other thing, Bram, like, like I said, my problem with the run game isn't so much that they don't run it more. It's that they're really not that good at it. And I go back to it just, it's never been a point of emphasis and you can tell when there's missed assignments and they're just not sharp in the run game. So you can, you know, people can ask to see them run it more. I don't think they're equipped to do that. I don't think they work on it enough it seems and when, when, I watched, we, when i watched him in the summer i think i talked to you about this yes um, i remember i was questioning openly like do they have the right backs that fit what they're trying to do in the run game because it felt like what they were working on was more of a stretch run game 
And I wasn't sure that either one of the backs were really kind of fitting that. Like I liked them both, the two primary ones, Gibson and Robinson. I like Robinson a lot. And I, I think Gibson is a weapon and they're finally figuring him out and unlocking him a little bit as a weapon is very versatile for them. But I it wasn't sure that they had like a Pacheco type. That's like this oh, kind yeah. of threat back, you know, like, yeah. uh, and that to me was like a little, that's where I started to go. Are they going to be good at running the ball? They have good players, but do they fit what they want to do? And maybe that's part of why they are more pass heavy because they don't feel like they have the type of running backs that do that. At the same time, you know, I do think that there's a place in the NFL for a power game and you do have a really good power back. And I know that deep down Ron Rivera wants to, you know, punch somebody in the mouth. So I'm a little surprised, you know, that at times they don't do a little bit more of it. No, and, and right. But again, I just don't know that they're even if, if they doing it more doesn't make them better at it. That's my problem is I don't think they're very good at it. So doing it more, I'm not sure that they're going to have to go because they work so much more on throwing the ball. And, you know, I think the, the some of the problems the backs is getting the patience needed for some of those counters, et cetera. Um, you know, and so I think that's from, so Juan says, what about Chris, Chris Rodriguez? I thought he was going to get more carries lately and because he was starting to trend that way. And ever since then, he's gotten nothing, but the pass game is such a big key and Robinson and Gibson are doing a very good job there. Brian Robinson is a, is a good receiving back. Like I don't have a problem with them keeping him in there for that reason. Um, but if the problem with the run game, isn't always the backs. I mean, you watched last week, there were a couple of times where, um, uh, Witherspoon starts to go off the edge and, and the receiver doesn't get him. And so the tackle jumps out and then the defensive end goes inside the tackle. Well, no one, and it's like, I don't know why he jumped out because that guy wasn't a threat to the play. So he leaves the guy who's more dangerous coming down the line and he makes a stop. That stuff happens all the time with them. So that's why I say it's to me, it's like, they've got to figure out a way to run it better more than they, and more than they have to, um, to, to run it more. And it's, and I don't, I, sometimes it goes hand in hand. I just think that in this case, it's just not who they want to be. And so we're just going to like say, you know, can they be more efficient with it? Because the other thing, Bram, Pete Carroll had talked about this after the game about um, when Washington started running it and it kept them a little bit more off balance in that fourth quarter about what was, what to expect. So yeah. there's part of that is, is what comes into it. It's not just about play action, but it's about, just in general, what does this formation, what does it it's mean? So, it's so funny he said that. Like, I've been watching Washington football since I can remember. I've seen every play they've run since I was six. <laughs> I'm 50 now. I never thought I'd see the day where another coach was surprised we run the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's kind of amazing, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's a total new one to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. Um, but that it's just, to me, it's just, I wouldn't say it's disappointing. I thought they'd run there, but I do like, you know, I, I do understand the extended handoff theory and that's what they're doing. And lately they've been incorporating more quicker throws early in games, yeah. which I think helps. A lot of the first down plays the other day went to tight ends, very quick throws center yeah. of the field. They're, they're running bubble screens. They're trying to get the ball in the hands of Samuel. They're trying to get it in McLaurin. Gibson's getting more looks and touches. So I agree. Like it is an extension of the run game, you know, like they're not, it, like, I get it. They're not traditionally handing it off, but there are a lot of plays that I would, you know, counter as right. it might as well be a pitch, you know, like it might as well be a run play. 
Right. And, and I'm, and I'm okay with, like I said, I'm okay with some of that. I just would like to see him run it better and be more effective with it because you can't be, and you know, Lyman will talk about like, they don't want to be one dimensional because they know what the problems that creates, but, but for Sam Howell's development, it's been pretty good because the kid's starting to really show a thing or two. And I hope for his sake, like on Thanksgiving, that, that he, um, that the country sees more of what we've been seeing. Yeah. So I think that's something there. And I do want to ask, answer this. Nate wants to know, what is Larson doing that Gates wasn't? Seems like a more cohesive line with, with Larson in there. So I think, that, I think that's a good question. I think one of the things, Nate, is that Gate, Larson is like almost 30 pounds bigger than Gates. That's a big deal when you're playing inside. And if you notice, like Gates fought his butt off. I mean, that wasn't the issue. It's the ability to anchor. So I think when you see there are times where, where Larson, I think, anchors better. And then some of it comes back to protection calls. How is he handling that? And they see, they certainly seem to think in the Giants game that there were some issues with that. I haven't seen there, but there was one time I think against New England where there were, I thought there was a protection snafu just with what they were anticipating. But otherwise, it's been cleaner. Sunday against the Giants will be a lot more telling because uh, the other you know nobody runs things like they do, and so that'll be telling. But the size to me, makes a difference. That stout, that's what you heard when with Larson, that they like his ability to be very stout. And with the shorter quarterback, that matters. So you um, got any questions, other questions here, Bram? And some uh, of the people are starting to look ahead. We, it's I'm not going to start addressing who may or may not be coming here or whatever. That's we're we're a little bit from that. So um, I'm not I don't want to go down that. that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going down those roads at this point. So play the season. Um, I do. Season I do. No, and the, the someone, season will play when the season's you know over. Whenever that comes, whether hopefully it's in January. Hopefully we're not discussing you know not making the playoffs you know in the next couple of weeks. Let's just let's let it play out. That's the way I feel about it. The owner. My understanding of the ownership was they're going to let the season play out. Then they'll make decisions about what they want to do. Yeah. So. I have seen no evidence that they've changed their mind about that. And therefore I'm in no rush to try to figure out what's going to happen because I don't think they've made their minds up about anything. No. And I think, and you know, there's a couple of things and I know like I can address this from, from the outside people every week, it's fire this guy, fire that guy. Well, that's all fine and dandy. Then what? And so what's like, what's the, what's the purpose here other than making some people feel better if something's going to happen, it's going to happen. There's no, it's not like college where you can go out and hire, you know, start getting a beat on somebody. They can be compiling lists right now of guys if on that road, but you have to have alternatives. And, and, you know, they want to see what they also know is that this team rebounded the, each of the last three years and went on a little bit of a run during this, yes. during this time of the year. So they what want to see how this plays out. Undermine the whole thing. What purpose yeah. would it serve for them to come in? And, it doesn't. Like I, no. I feel this way all the time, and like as a reporter slash and team employee, I, I this is how I feel about it. I'm worried about the Giants on Sunday. I don't care what's happening next year yet. And if right. you're at the yeah. point where you're thinking about something else other than what's in front of you, you're going to lose. <laughs> like, yeah. We yeah. need to be rowing yeah. the same boat here. You know, like yeah. that's the way I feel about it. I'm getting ready to call a game against the Giants this weekend. I don't care who the coaches next year. No, there's, there's, I don't see what there's nobody clear to take over. And again, I know, you know, you don't can't, but like, just let's say if they, cause they get this all the time about with Ron Rivera, well, who takes over, you know, and, and you're not putting the enemy in charge. 
and they don't, you know, they want to keep that offensive staff on that side. You don't put a guy in who's just now learning to be an offense coordinator and full-time play caller and then say, oh, by the way, here's the head coaching duties. You know, good luck with all this. And, you know, Jack Del Rio is head coach. Let's get through the yeah. season. That's the way I yeah, feel so about like, it. So anyway, it's, it's not. They're not out yet. The, game, yeah, the season's right. not over. Like, what, what are we talking about here? They could be five and six when we do this next Tuesday. Like, Correct. Right. And it's not right. Despite what anybody else thinks. In that building, it's not over. Anyways, but I did want to ask this real quick, real one, real quick. Juan wants to know, Gibson, and we talked about this, Gibson being great the last two games, um, EB realizing his weapon. Well, some of those aren't them realizing as a weapon. Some of those come in the context of a play and how getting the ball to him is a check down or something else. Do you think they extend that all depends on if this goes back to what we just talked about? We don't know who's going to be here. So it's it's really hard to answer that question. But I do think I agree with the premise that he has shown what he can do in the open field when you get that chance. He's you know, and same same thing with Robinson. I think both those guys as pass catchers can help this team. And yeah. I think, you know, so but anyway, so Brandon, you got any parting thoughts? By the way, too, underrated. He's he's actually he's gotten a lot of opportunities that return kicks lately. Yeah. And he's been close to popping yeah. a couple of them. Yeah. And I think I was just doing it because I'm getting ready for the game on Sunday. He's number three in the NFL in kickoff return average. He's done so, a good job there. You know, yeah, he's done a good job there. As far as, as as extending him, the market for running backs is so bad that I don't think it will cost them a lot to do so if they choose to do so. I, I agree. And I think he's done a nice job. And I think, I feel like the last two games, he's especially like against New England. I really liked what he did. And um, so, you know, that was all good. So anyway, Bram, that's all kept you, kept you a long time. And I appreciate everybody tuning in. I will be back with another show on Thursday and then the keys and predictions on the weekend. So talk to you next time.